This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I have some great stuff here for you today, and I want to share a little insight before I jump into it. I talked about last week the fact that we are doing the Self-Love Month Challenge in my membership groups and in the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. And you know, it is amazing how just full of love for all of these people who've been posting about themselves that I feel. You know, it's such a cool thing to be immersed in this energy of self-love, in seeing others realize their amazingness and hearing them post it and get to watch them celebrate themselves across the board. And in my coaching calls over the past week with my members, as we've talked about this challenge, the two beautiful things. One is just the way that these women are able to change the lens and the way they look at themselves. And two, the way that they are seeing each other. The inspiration we get from seeing others with that energy of love. And you know, it's a true thing because we go through life and if you're around someone who's negative and heavy and even if you're coming home to someone who's like that in your house, God knows I have that experience and anyone who has teenagers probably has that experience. But dreading the feeling, right? When you walk into a house and you know there's a heaviness and an attitude and you feel that energy. And on the opposite side of that, When there's someone, even if you're not in the room, even if we're not physically together, but you're just seeing every day these posts of things people are doing for themselves, how they love themselves, how they're caring for themselves, how they're supporting themselves, and how they're giving themselves permission to change the way they think about themselves. I love it. It is awesome. So if you are already in the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership or you're a part of the Breast Cancer Recovery Group, keep it coming. And if you're not, come and join us. You can join the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership at breastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash life coaching. And in there, we work monthly on so many things. We get coaching. We have fun with challenges, but there's a lot of self-study and relearning about ourselves, which is going to lead into what I'm talking about today. Because in order to be able to learn about ourselves, in order to be able to really love ourselves, which is the foundation of being able to live a happy and fulfilling life. In order to do that, we've got to create space. I did a podcast on that a little while ago. Have the space to be able to invite new thoughts and love into our hearts. And the way that we do that is by releasing all the old bullshit that we're holding on to and doesn't serve us. And I'm sure I've talked about this before. That's why release is the first pillar of breast cancer recovery. Letting go of what is blocking your ability to think new ways about yourself. I believe very strongly that that is the process of grieving. 
And I want to talk about that today because as you know, if you listen to this podcast, if you follow me at all, you know that this idea of going back to normal is something that I'm always talking about. I'm always working with people to be able to seed their thoughts on that and see the fruitlessness in that to understand from a realistic perspective and from a thought perspective that it doesn't make sense to go through what we've been through and then go back to what we were before. It just doesn't make sense. But we hold on to it and in the holding on to it, in the holding on to the memory of what was, we suffer profoundly. So I want to share this story with you. And uh, over, over the holidays, this past Christmas, my stepdaughter, she had a stillborn birth. And it was very tragic. Whew, it was very tragic. And when she was trying to process all of this, I was talking to her one day and she's amazing. She's freaking amazing. She's so smart. She's so strong. She's so mature for her young age and for the tragedy that she went through. And she said to me, I feel like I'm mourning my innocence because I never believed something like this could happen to me. Things like this only happen to other people. And now I have to mourn the fact that I know that this type of thing can happen to me in life also. And I, I'm not literally said to her at that point, there's just nothing I can add to that. That is so beautiful and so spot on and so profound. And you are amazing for realizing that. Knowing that is so important. And accepting that we get to grieve is so critical to our healing. I coach women all the time and this idea of grieving comes up for me. We've, we've lost so much, but we are programmed and told and conditioned, fight, be strong, think positive, it's only hair, it's only boobs, it's only temporary, blah, bullshit. It's real, it's powerful, it's scary, it's traumatic, and it's an incredible change that is forced upon you very, very quickly in life. The diagnosis and treatment of cancer is what I'm referring to. So I want to offer this concept, this idea of grieving, this idea of giving yourself permission to experience the loss and let it go. Because that is the space in which we can renew. The second pillar of breast cancer recovery, release, renew. We've got to let things go. And in order to do that, it is okay to grieve the loss of everything that you do lose going through breast cancer treatment. It's very hard to be able to bring in the gifts that come from the experience of breast cancer, from what you've been through. And oftentimes when I bring that up, especially depending on where someone is at in the process of breast cancer, if I say, where's the gift in this, or that I witnessed the gift in it, whew, that steel trap door comes slamming down and there's no room for them to bring into their mind even the idea that there is a gift in this experience because they're still going through the process of grieving. Let's talk about what the stages of grieving are. The first stage is shock and denial. And I will tell you that I coach women sometimes who are more than a year out of treatment, even not just diagnosis, but treatment. 
and are still in shock and denial, have still not processed and embraced the fact that they had breast cancer, the fact that this happened to them. And the second stage is pain and guilt. Yeah, pain and guilt. Who's familiar with that? How many times have you tried to blame yourself? What did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? How come this happened to me? You know, am I a bad person? We look at it on a karmic level. We look at it on a physical level. And the pain, the pain of perceiving that we're out of control going through treatment because we always are in control. We always have a choice. And I love working with women to be able to embrace the power of choice that they have in treatment. Now, I am in treatment and I will be in treatment for the rest of my life. And I have complete control over that. My doctor offers me what he believes are the best methods to cure my body, to stop the growth of cancer. And I get to choose whether or not I'm open to those treatments. I get to choose whether or not I'm willing to accept the consequences of those treatments, the side effects and the aftermath. It is always my choice. And so I think that one of the big pieces of pain after breast cancer is the struggle with the feeling of powerlessness, the idea that I had to do this. Someone made me do this, right? It's almost like being assaulted. And I've used this analogy before when I've spoken to groups of fitness and wellness professionals who have not had a diagnosis or understood a diagnosis of breast cancer. And I've described it to them so that they could kind of bring it into something that would be realistic in their world by saying, imagine you're walking down the street and out of the bushes, someone jumps out and they physically attack you and you are assaulted violently and you wake up in a hospital and you have wounds and you are in pain and your physical body is forever changed by the impact and severity of those wounds. And your doctor tells you, you have to take this medication now for the rest of your life to deal with these wounds. And even if you take it, you're not going to be like you were before because you've been wounded. Your body's been forever changed through the attack and through the surgeries to remedy the attack. And so then you go home. And you're done being treated for the wounds that came from that attack. But every day when you walk down the street past that bush that someone jumped out of, your brain says, what if someone jumps out again? Right? And that's what happens to us with breast cancer. We get the wounds treated. We go back home. Everyone expects us to be normal, including us. And then we're not. And then... We walk past familiar things. We feel familiar things. We feel aches, pains, headache, whatever it might be. And we think, oh my God, what if it's cancer again, right? We're still holding on to that trauma. That's a part of the trauma. And that's a part of the process of grief is the anger and the bargaining, right? The anger that this happened to you. Somebody jumped out of the bush, like cancer came out of nowhere. What the hell and now there's the bargaining. What can I do? What will I do? And then oftentimes in that stage of this bargaining is what can I do? What, what, well, look at what I did. I thought I did do everything or everything I have to do is so different. And now I buffer with things that temporarily bring me good feelings because I don't know what to bargain with. And then that leaves you feeling powerless. And what is the next step in grieving is depression. 
We go through shock and denial. We go through pain and guilt. We go through anger and bargaining. And then when none of that works because we haven't changed our thoughts and realized we have power over what our brain offers us, that powerlessness can bring us into depression. Powerlessness is not a good feeling. And when you feel like you have no control over your body or over your life, that's a very painful place to be. And so grieving is such an important part of this experience of breast cancer, going through the experience of breast cancer. And when I start coaching someone who is holding on to the past version of themselves and their lives, like as if their life depended on it, then I know that this person needs release. I know that this person needs to shift the way that they think about what just happened to them and give themselves the space to grieve their loss rather than fight like hell to get their loss back. This process of healing requires acknowledging the loss. It's necessary and it's okay. You have the right to grieve what you've lost. And you've either lost a breast, a part of a breast, both breasts. You may have been through multiple surgeries. You may have lost your hair. But as I started this show by saying, you've lost a piece of your innocence. You've lost a piece of getting to live in that beautiful place of ignorance is bliss, right? When we're ignorant to trauma, and I don't say ignorant with the negative, I say it as a space of the unknowing. When we have no knowing and no firsthand experience of an incredible loss, then there's an innocence there that does go away when that loss happens to us. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to cry about it. It's okay to express that you don't like it. It's okay to be angry about it. As long as you're processing those emotions when they come up. As long as you're moving into understanding that I'm experiencing pain and guilt and letting yourself know that of course you're experiencing pain and guilt. Of course you are. But then going through what thoughts are bringing up those feelings and answering the questions you ask yourself. You know, oftentimes that's one of the most powerful exercises as I'm coaching someone because they'll say, how can I do this? How can I get through it? How will I ever be able to handle it? And I just ask them, answer that question. How will you, right? How will you move forward? Pretend for a moment that you know the answer. Be that actor on a stage. Ask yourself that question. How will I move forward? Well, if I could move forward, let me entertain that for a moment. If I could move forward, then I would have to think this instead. If I could move forward, I will have to let go of this anger. One of the questions that I posted in the Learning to Love Yourself Challenge was, what is one judgment you can drop about you to love yourself more? And some of the answers that I got were, I'm not good enough. Stop worrying about every little ache and pain and thinking cancer is returning. I don't have to do it all. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy. I don't matter to anyone but my daughter. 
when you hear me say those things, what do you feel? I feel a constriction in my chest. I feel an aching in me for these people. I feel a deep, deep empathy for these people. This is what I'm talking about when I say we have to look at our thoughts and ask ourselves, is this thought serving me? Is this thought bringing me any closer to the life I want to live and the person I want to be? Because you get to choose that. Anything that happens in the moment after you hear the sound of my voice is up for grabs. It's all make-believe. So if you get to decide, if you get to imagine, if you get to create, why would you choose thoughts like the ones I just shared with you? You get to release those thoughts. You get to let them go. You get to grieve what you've lost. You get to recognize the thoughts that your brain is offering you. And then you get to say, no, thank you. I choose to love myself now. I choose to be fully present with the person I am now without judgment, labeling, or conditions. I choose to love myself and that's going to be a process that's most likely not going to happen in a heartbeat because your whole life you've gone through conditioning yourself to believe you're not good enough, to tell yourself you're not perfect, to have these ideas that you should be prettier, you should be smarter, you should make more money, blah, all the shoulds. But I think the most important takeaway here is that the space after a breast cancer diagnosis and life moving forward from that is a process. It's not a, let me take a time out for breast cancer treatment and jump right back in. It is a transformation. If there was a fire and you went through it one way and you came out as the phoenix, that's breast cancer. That's the fire. And from my experience of having been in that fire, it's not important to put the fire out. I thought it was at one time, but it isn't. What's important is to come out of that fire and say to yourself, now I get to take time. Now I get to take time and go through this process of learning what my life is about, of learning what I'm about, of grieving what I lost in that fire, and of allowing myself to create a new life going forward, a new way of loving myself going forward. Because you know what is in the process of grief after the depression is the upward turn. It's reconstruction and working through things. It's acceptance and hope. Acceptance and hope. These are beautiful. This is part of renewal. I'll share a story with you that comes to my mind. I was 30 years old when my brother died. He was 32. And I had been very, very unhappy in my marriage for a long time. And when my brother died, I did not process his death in a healthy way. Let me make that very clear right off the bat. It took me three years to really start to be, to process what had happened. In that time, what became very clear to me was I didn't like the way life was going. I didn't like what was happening. I didn't like the way that I felt and I didn't like that relationship and hadn't for a long time. I made a huge change in my life. As a result of that grieving process, I decided life was too short to live this way and that I was going to create more happiness, more space for happiness in my life. Fast forward, I don't even know how many years, my second marriage, 
again, really struggling, very unhappy. We'd been through counseling. We were doing marriage counseling. There was so much happening. I And I had that familiar, heavy, dark, awful feeling inside of me. And especially because I'd been divorced and I didn't want to go through a divorce again. But I was just so unhappy with life. And I got a phone call one day that my cousin's adult daughter, adult, she was 20, 22 years old at the time. And they live in a rural place in Ohio. And she was driving out of her driveway, heading to work. And someone hit her, broadsided her car and killed her right in front of their house. And in that moment, I literally went back into my office. I was at work. I went back into my office. I got on a computer. I found a real estate agent. And I went and looked at a property that night and left that marriage. And I said, that's it. Life is too short. And sometimes in that tragedy and in the process of grieving, we realize that something needs to change. And I'm not saying change your marriage, everybody get divorced. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying inside of us, oftentimes we know something in life isn't working. And this tragedy can allow us to lift that veil of, of bargaining, that veil of denial, that veil of pretending that what's not okay is okay because, right? We justify it with other things. And it can allow us to really jump in and reconstruct our lives so that we can come back into life with acceptance and hope. If we don't go through this process, we stay in pain and guilt. Trust me, I know I stay there. I've worked with so many women who stay there. We're in pain and guilt and we don't realize that we need to grieve and let go of some thoughts and some ideas because we're told to fight it. We're told to fight it and be grateful. We're told to fight it and just get over it. And it doesn't work. Healing comes from a place of love. Pain, anger, guilt, depression, those feelings do not come from loving thoughts. Those feelings do not come from a place of love. And they do not support health and healing. This I know for sure. This I know from, yes, I could do research and I can give you quotes to show you that that's been demonstrated, but this I know so strongly, so powerfully firsthand. And I've seen it in, I don't even know how many women now after breast cancer that have realized that the way that they're thinking is keeping them stuck in pain, guilt, anger, depression, unworthiness, and that working on changing those thoughts working on letting go, working on releasing and going through the process of grieving that person that is no longer serving them and becoming who they want to be, stepping into themselves. It is life-changing and amazing. So I offer this to you and I offer that you give yourself that permission to grieve and let go of the things that are keeping you stuck in pain and guilt because there is such an incredible, amazing life on the other side of pain and guilt, right? And we can't get there. We can't get to the possibility and potential of amazingness if our mind is full of anger, guilt, grief, and fear. I promise you that. I know this for sure. I know this for sure. If you want more help with that, that is my mission in life is to help you all live a happier and more fulfilling life. And I can help you develop the tools to be able to do that. 
So come and join me in the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching membership at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash life coaching, or come and join the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. It's a free Facebook group. You get lots of motivation and support. And if group joining sounds like, I don't want to do that. I don't like group things. Then I have an extra special offer. In fact, I'm coming up this April will be one year since I opened the Better Than Before Breast Cancer membership formerly known as the Revived Membership Experience. And I thought, you know, I love doing my one-on-one coaching. And so I decided as I come up on this one-year anniversary to offer only five very special spaces in the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Life Coaching Membership. And that is a lifetime membership. I'm only offering five of them because each of those five memberships come with 12 hours So 12 sessions of one-on-one coaching with me. And I'm telling you that is, from a financial perspective, it's worth as much as the membership itself. But from an impact and transformational perspective, it is literally priceless what you could accomplish for yourself in those 12 sessions. Like amazing, amazing transformation. So if that sounds good to you, go to thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash life coaching and join me there. All right, I will talk to you again next week. And until then, love, be good to yourself and expect other people to be good to you as well. You've tamed the voices in your head. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been waiting all your life, this is your moment.